0: Song. I feel the shaking of the ground, all our creation joys as one, hands roaring with sound, if the rock stops.
1: all these
2: windows and it's so it's, it's hot, <laughs> hot here. but we're gonna we're gonna have a really great morning We are. beautiful weather fantastic family together it's gonna be real fun good really good message cheryl's got a, a, a good uh, nugget, little thing nugget, nugget to <laughs> share with you uh and we're gonna have a really good time so we're yeah. just gonna open in prayer father i thank you i praise you i glorify you i thank you that that we are able to enjoy your presence, we have direct access to your presence, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. Lord, I thank you, I thank you that you sent your Son to save us, to deliver us, to set us free, to heal us, to protect us, and Lord, we glorify you and we praise your name in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, I did that Sunday
2: school when I was a little one. I know, I
1: love it. I love it because it's so good at the beginning of every day. We are here, we are together, and even with everything going on, we can meet together. And I know it's not the same as being in church, but we're connecting with you guys. We see you there. Our hearts are going out to you, we love you, and we're going to have a great morning together this morning. Amen. 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 So, what notices have we got Little this man. morning? They're on the Okay, so, um, as you know, we're connecting as much as we can. Uh, you'll know all the details if you don't speak to Jules. Worship, uh, so that I remember, 5.30 tonight with Mike and Flick and then into background worship with backroom uh, back 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 worship with Susie and Paul, and I think that's at 8 o'clock tonight,
0: yeah,
1: uh, so there's a little bit of a gap this week, but do go on to both of those forums, uh, it's really good, it's difficult for us to do the worship here this morning, but that's your time of worship, go and spend time together in worship, the words come up on the screen, and Susie puts some up on the Facebook feed. Um, And so it's really good just to have that time just come into his presence. Um, And there's worship going on during the week, prayer time in the week, uh, Roger and Olive's worship on Saturday mornings, and uh, all our connection groups, quizzes that we do, and uh, Tea at 3. And I did want to say, actually, something about that. Um, After church this morning, we go on to our WhatsApp group, Faith Life Family WhatsApp group, have a coffee, just chat together, and then that's happening a couple of times in the week as well. Um, Logan Louise, we just want to thank you for serving us in this way. Uh, Louise is working, they're both working. Louise is now back at school, and when she gets home from school after a long day, she goes on and it's there, that forum is there for us and Logie sets up all the feed so that we can uh, spend time together. So we just want to honour you, Logie and Louise, for carrying that ministry, which is so important at this time. So thank you. Uh, we love you guys, and thank you so much for doing that for us. Yeah, well done, guys. Hmm.
2: So. Uh, yeah, so, we're, we're, as
1: usual, uh, everything will come
2: out on Tuesday morning. By email, if we haven't got your email address, we we need that to send it to you. If you'd like to know everything that we're doing, the email that goes on Tuesday morning tells you what's on for the whole week. It gives you all the links. Most of the links don't change anyway from week to week, but it gives you all the links on there. Gives you all the times, everything that's going on: prayer meetings, worship times, uh, Bible studies, get you know uh, social get-togethers, everything. He's on there, so uh, just have a look at that when it comes out on Tuesday morning. Make sure you've got everything in your diary because you don't want to miss anything. Um, just uh, in terms of what we do this week, we on Tuesday night it's normal, 7.30. We're continuing our End Times uh, Bible Study Life group. People have been really enjoying that. Lots yeah. of people have, have, have been coming on to listen to that Zoom and, and get involved in that. Uh, if you want to catch up, all the, all the uh, previous Zooms are, are, were recorded. They're on our YouTube channel, the, the Faith Life okay. YouTube channel. So we've
1: done quite a few weeks now. We've done quite a few guys? weeks. We're getting so, to some exciting
2: stuff Daniel, now. The Daniel bad, bad guy's just going to appear on the scene, and we're just going to take a detour into Daniel to see what he has to say yeah. about some of the things that, that are coming when, when, when things really start, well, when the rubber starts hitting the road on, on the end times. Uh, Thursday night, starting a new series in our Bible study, our line by line Bible studies that we do on a Thursday night. Again, seven thirty. This we, we we're going to be looking over a few weeks at the well, another one of these letters from yeah. Revelation, the one that uh, Jesus writes to the church at Laodicea. You know, the the one that says you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm, and because of that, I'll vomit you out. So we're going to unwrap all of that, explore all of that uh get excited about all of that and be challenged by all of that so that's what we've got coming up this week
1: yeah we need to get hold of this stuff i don't want to be vomited out i'm not (laughs) going to be vomited out so we need to stay hot faith life we need to be on the ball staying hot in these end times however long those end times are so that we know who we are who he is and uh yeah we stay hot and on fire for him thank you lord yeah Yeah.
2: that that passage uh, it actually doesn't mean the, the way a lot of people preach it, uh, but it does mean the, the way a lot of other people preach it. So you might have heard all sorts of various versions, but what yeah. you get on a Thursday night is what I think about it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get to talk to you guys, so that's exciting. I
1: actually don't think, we're, we're not going to be vomited out, so let's just clear that one up straight away. But it is a warning to us that our love, as Mark's been preaching and he's going into this morning, can grow cold. And it's so important to know how to keep our love on fire, the Holy Spirit helping us to walk with the fire of the Lord on the inside of us. And it's that fire, it's passion, it's that passion that enables us to uh, uh, keep going with God and spending time with him and then to take that gospel out. Um, if you have no passion, no fire, it's really difficult to do that because you're doing it all in your own strength. So we want to be uh, people of the word, people of the spirit, on fire for God, and uh, pleasing God in the whole of our life. So, so,
2: so it's so you now. So it's me now. Okay, well, the nugget you. that you want to share. Yeah, okay.
0: I'll
2: just move this out of your way.
0: Yeah. There you go. Thank you.
1: So. I've just got a little nugget this morning. So I'm not going to take too. I hope I'm not going to take too much time. I do often say that, and then I, I go off on something. Um, one of the psalms that I've been meditating on this week. Uh, you probably need your pens and notebooks because I'm going to bring quite a few verses, and it would be good to look at those in the week. I'm not going to go delve into them at this time, although I might go do another week where we ha- actually have a look at all of these verses. But just write them down. Uh, Take some time on them in the week, they'll they'll really, really bless you. But I've been um, meditating this week on Psalm 121. Uh, It's titled, My Help Comes From The Lord. And at this time, there is so much uncertainty. Uh, We hear so many different things that are going on in the world. This um, COVID-19 has just been so hard on the world on our country, on, on all the countries of the world. Uh, the, the loss in so many areas, um, you know, with physically, financially, uh, it's produced a lot of insecurity. And we still don't know what's happening uh, going forward. So at this time, and at all times, we need to be strong in the Lord. We need to let the Word of God speak to us. We let to, We need to let the Holy Spirit bring that word alive in us so that we can be strong in him for ourselves and then as we gather together for each other. So I'm just going to read um, Psalm 121. It's actually quite a small one and um, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth and that really spoke to me i thought our help comes from the lord he made heaven and earth he is a big god he's a creative god he he has everything in the palm of his hands including us and although we may think we need to look here or look up there or try and work it out down here the main thing that we need to do is to get our help from the lord to hear what he has to say because he will not let your foot be moved he who keeps you will not slumber so he doesn't sleep so when we are sleeping he's not sleeping he is with us every millisecond of every day he doesn't sleep he is on it and when we hand all our stuff to him everything that's bothering us the good and the bad he's got it Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And we are grafted into Israel, so that is speaking to us too. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So we don't have to be frightened of stuff out there that looks like it might strike us but God is saying, I am your keeper, I am your protector. And I know at the start of this, we handed out the Psalm 91 laminated cards for us to keep dwelling and meditating on that, in that, that place of a refuge, the place where we can go to when we feel overwhelmed. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And that just made me think, you know, as we go out into difficulties, difficult situations, um, if we go out with him, he has a promise there that he is with us, that we aren't on our own. And he's still with us when we come back. And I just wanted to pick up the little bit where he says, he will not let you f- your foot be moved. So at this time, and I know that I've been saying this for each week because it's so important, we need to stand strong. So feet firmly on the ground. Without God, with no foundation, it's so easy to be knocked over. But with God, knowing who he is, we stand firm and we do life with him. And I just have here a few verses, so this is where it's good to um, write these down. Um, The standing of the believer in Jesus is just so impressive. The world does not have this. You can stand in this place because you belong to him and this is his voice to you. And this is what helps us stand strong. So we stand strong in grace. All that God has done for us. Uh, as a gift to us that we haven't had to earn, we stand strong in His grace, in His love. And that's Romans 5 verse 2. We stand in the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1. We stand in the gospel, what the gospel says to us and to those that we're ministering to. Uh, It's important to know what the gospel is so that we can stand in it, we stand in courage and strength. So this isn't the courage and strength that the world tries to give us. That that is a partial part of it because uh, it the world tries to help us know how to have courage and strength, and that is a good thing. However, there is a an even better place to be, and that is uh, full of the confidence and courage of the Lord that he gives us when we walk with him. And full of his strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So that when all is going on around us and we don't know where to get that strength, we turn to the Lord and we say, Father, I don't know how I'm gonna keep walking in this, but I know that you know, and I'm going to get my strength from you. I'm gonna have joy, not because I might be happy right now, but I have joy because I know that you are going to take me through. And so that joy, that strength is what will take me through. We stand in faith. Faith lifers and all that are connected to us, you know how important it is to be able to stand in faith, to know what God has said, to receive those promises of God, to have them deep in our heart so that we can stand in that, assurance that faith and that faith will bring to us everything that we need from him so we stand in faith 2 corinthians 1 24 we stand in christian liberty galatians 5 1 we are set free what jesus did from at the cross for us set us free from sin and death and we can now be in freedom we stand in Christian unity. Philippians 1.27. Actually, I'm just going to read, read that one. Um, Philippians 1.27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I am absent, this is Paul talking, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So it's so important that we stand in one spirit, side by side, as we stride for the gospel. We stand in the Lord, Philippians 4.1. And the goal, we will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Colossians 4, 12. So as I looked at this, it really blessed me. It gave me assurance that I am not on my own. He is with me. And as I meditated on these verses and knew that I could stand strong because of him, it strengthened my heart, it protected my heart, when I felt like going into fear or um, unsurety or confusion with all that's going on around us, that there is a place that we can go to, first into his presence, under those everlasting arms, into that safe place of his refuge, where he doesn't sleep and he watches over, over us where he will help us to keep standing firm. And as we meditate on these verses, uh, strength will come because he is uh, truth and we can receive that truth into our hearts. Amen, amen. So Father, right now, I just ask, I thank you that you are a God who doesn't sleep, that you are a God who is with us all the time In our our going, in our coming, you surround us with your presence. You fill us with your spirit. You help us stand strong in the knowledge of you. And so right now, I ask that as we meditate on this word, that you will fill us with a strength and a peace that passes all understanding. And we will be strong in you and determined to keep walking in your strength. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 That was, that was really good. <laughs> good. That's good.
2: I'll, I'll move you thing out of the way.
1: There you go.
2: Okay, so... Just before we share communion, just want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, Firstly, if you haven't clicked those watch party buttons yet, you forgot to do it or whatever, to share this message even wider, then then just go and press them now. That gives uh, all your friends access to what we're doing as well. So that's really helpful. Um, One of the things that we're just so excited about is the number of people that are actually joining us on a Sunday morning. Uh, But... They're only a small part of the people who view it during the week as well so this uh, on, on sunday morning is, is kind of a small percentage of, of the total that, that it, it gets looked at during the week just want to say something about that. it's so important that as a family if it's at all possible we connect at ten thirty to this at this time rather than leaving it during the week the reason for that is it's not because we want to see loads of people on there, although that's so good.
1: We do. Yeah, we do. We want to see you. We imagine you there. So we do. Yeah,
2: but that's we not do. the point we I'm do. making. No. The point yeah. I'm making is this, is that it's so easy, particularly when this has gone on longer, I think, than any of us really were anticipating. And it's got a while to go, yeah. It's so easy just to drift. And when you drift, you can get picked off at the margins by the enemy.
1: Yeah.
2: And so the, what, what I'm really saying is, If you can, watch it now, because it's so easy to get into a pattern of thinking, well, I'll watch it later, or I'll watch it another day, and then you don't. And then it kind of drifts and drifts and drifts, and that's when we become vulnerable to the enemy. Mm -hmm. Whereas even though we can't meet physically, there is a tremendous spiritual strength in getting together as a family. So I just wanted to share that. You know, I'll share the the things that we we share regularly in terms of... uh, Stay connected. Keep connecting to everything that you you you, you uh, that is available out there. So stay connected. Be strong in faith. Keep working on that faith. Keep getting in the word. Keep uh, listening to, to, to this the, the messages. Get get involved with the Bible. So build your faith. Stay connected. Be strong in faith. Help others. Be there for each other share with each other communicate with each other keep on doing those five phone calls each week that we've asked you to do in to, to just reach out to people around you family members neighbors and so on just to to to, to share with them just even to have a chat with them uh, so stay connected be strong in faith help others and that's how we save lives yeah. amen
1: amen and the courageous uh, daily videos have been so good i been getting so much really good feedback about that. They're coming out on email and on Facebook, and they're just five minutes usually aren't Yeah, Little five-minute five nuggets. Uh, oh, I didn't do them. I haven't done any of them, have I? No, one day, one oh, no, day. One day, yeah, yeah, we'll film I'm you. Yeah, I'll get on there. Uh, not that I really want to, but... Um, yeah, you do, yeah, you do, you do you, do, you do. They've been so good, so encouraging, and it's just lovely just to have that each day into our, into our daily life. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going to share as
2: a family now. We're going to yeah. share communion together. Shall uh, I just wanted to read something before we, yeah. we share communion. No, it would be
1: good. It's so good just to now just gather ourselves as we share communion together. That is a very uniting thing that we do. And although we can't physically do it together, we can do it here together. So as you uh, get your uh, bread and wine and get settled, just to uh, receive from Him. Just let's go into that place of his presence, and uh, let him speak to you as we receive um, the bread and the wine. So as you're getting ready for that, I just felt that I wanted to speak this over you. Um, I think I'll have that back. You'll have that back. Yeah, gotcha. just um, then...
0: And
1: I can put it at a good distance. Um, so I just wanted to speak over us, because... Um, This was something that's really spoken to me again this week. And I didn't know which one to bring. Um, And then I thought, well, actually, I'll bring this one before communion. Um, I'm not going to teach on this one. I'm just going to uh, speak it uh, over you. And it is from 1 John uh, chapter 4, from verse 7, uh, entitled, God is love. Those who are loved by God, let His love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love, and everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of Him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. It's so good isn't it, that we know God, that his love is on the inside of us. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless Son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sin when we come before him and invite him into our life we get the exchange of the cross where we receive his righteousness and he takes all the punishment for our sin onto the cross onto his body Delightfully loved ones, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendour. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us. He actually comes in us and we make our permanent home in him and his love is brought To its full expression in us. And He has given us His Spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that He lives in us and that we live in Him. That is the difference. When we become born again, His Spirit comes and lives in us again, just like it did in the garden when we lost that because of Adam's first sin. His spirit comes and dwells within us. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent his Son to be the saviour of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God and God lives in them. In some versions it talks about being the begotten son of God that God sent, his begotten son, which means begotten is a, he wasn't just a created being, he was a part of God, he was something very different to us humans, fully human, but fully God, begotten. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us, so that we may fiercely face the day of judgment, fearlessly face the day of judgment. Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in the world. He has taken the punishment for our sin. When we go before him at that last day of judgment, we can go fearlessly because Jesus died for us. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So as we take communion now, let us remember what Jesus did, the sacrifice that God gave us by his son, that he took on all our sin so that we could be saved. And that that final day, Jesus will walk before us and said, she, he is mine, I died for her, him, and I took the punishment for sin onto my body, amen. It is the most beautiful expression of the love of God. That He died
2: for us. Amen. Amen. So let's. uh, Should we move that out the way?
0: Yeah.
2: So let's share the bread. And in doing this, we remember Jesus' body broken for us, that by His stripes. He paid the price for our healing, our wholeness, um, our freedom from sickness. And that he gave his life. Amen. 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 And through this wine, we remember his blood shed for us, for forgiveness of sins, Mm -hmm. redemption from the curse, and access to eternal life. Yes. And so we thank you for that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. got my little offering bucket this week but anyway let's have a virtual offering bucket just imagine one that, that's that's tiny we need a big one these are fair life they're generous people big bucket anyway imagine that's a huge bucket <laughs> um yeah so we're just so um conscious that at this time uh when there's some when there's all this uncertainty around that god is our source he's our mm-hmm. provider he's the one we look to yeah uh, that we're not limited to the provision of this world, we're not limited to the, the things that this world can do or our government can provide or anything, but we we have the ability to plug into God's system of provision and that he calls us to be givers, to have a generous heart like he has. And, and you know, we are, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And Christ, the f- one of the first things we ever read about his purpose was that he gave himself, that he gave himself for us. And so, um, here's how we, uh, we give. If, you, uh, if you've been around previous weeks, you probably already know this, you've got it noted down, but I'll repeat it every week for, for those who are here. You can either uh, give directly online, we have a, an online uh, donations on our webpage, uh, www.faithlifechurch.org.uk, and you just go on there, you click on resources, and then there's a giving button. You go on there, it's really simple to do. Uh, I think that the most common way people have been giving, however, is because you're a bit more techie than I am, is direct transferring to the bank account. Um, the bank account name is Faith Life Church Cambridge, that's Faith Life Church Cambridge, and the sort code is 201722. That's 201722. And the account number is 70093084. 70093084. Failing all that, uh we, we we love pieces of paper. Some of you have been sending in uh, checks to the church office, that's fantastic. If that's the way you want to give, then 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 do that. Just send your check along payable to Faith Life Church to the church office. So Father, I just want to pray over everybody's offering this morning, everybody's giving. I thank you, Lord, that you are creating us in hearts of generosity, mm-hmm. hearts of giving, but also hearts that trust you to be our source, to be our provider, so that we are not held by, by that, that, the, the grip that money has on those outside the kingdom, but we are set free from it to be, to be generous and see you do miraculous things through the things we give. So thank you, Lord.
1: Amen. 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 So, amen. Uh, now we've got um, Mark to preach on um, the next part of uh, Revelation. Yeah. Well, the same bit of Revelation. Same bit. Yeah. Next bit. Next yeah, bit. Next, in the preach, series, yeah. next bit in the series, and we're looking at the love of Jesus. And I'm just uh, going to pray over Mark now, uh, and as we just prepare our hearts. Um, receive the word and um, I know that we're going to be blessed. So Father, right now, I thank you that we can meet together this morning. I thank you that you are with us, that your presence is with us. I thank you for the, your anointing, that we are never on our own and you are anointed to, to bring the things that you have for us. So right now, I ask that you will fill Mark with your anointing, to bring your word to speak clearly through him. I ask that you will prepare our hearts right now as we just take a moment to focus on you, to ready ourselves to receive from you. We thank you, Holy Spirit that you will bring the words of God into our hearts this morning and that we will leave from this place having met with you and forever changed in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Yeah. So turn with me. Uh, you're going to want to initially go to that same passage we've been looking at for uh, two weeks already. This is the third week. If you've missed the previous weeks, don't worry about it. This 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 message can stand on its own. But if you want to catch up on those previous two weeks, uh, you can find them. In a variety of ways, you can just scroll down the uh, the Faith Life Facebook page, and it'll be sort of s- several days before. Or you can go to our website and look at that www.faithlifechurch.org.uk. Uh, and if you want to plug into a whole range of teaching, then you can go to our YouTube TV channel. So any of those things, just catch up, enjoy the, the stuff that's out there. But we're just going to go right now to uh, Revelation chapter two. And I'm just going to start at verse 1. We'll we'll read it again. We're looking at uh, this letter that Jesus, Jesus himself, sends to the church at Ephesus. And he does that by dictating this to the Apostle John, who's been taken into his presence. So, uh, that's my wrong bookmark. So Ephesians, the letter, the message to the Ephesians, but it's from Revelations chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, says these things. I know your works, your labor, and your patience, and yet you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles, but are not. And you found them to be liars. You have endured and have been patient. And for my name's sake have laboured and have not grown weary. But I have something against you. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. Now remember last week we said that, that literally that verse means you have left your love the first one. So you have abandoned the love you had at first. Now let's just kind of try and get back into uh, picturing what's going on here. Um, This church at Ephesus, it's a really strategic church. Uh, From here, churches were planted right across Asia. Um, Basically, Ephesus was at the center of a network of of roads that went out on all the major trade routes. And the, the, the early apostles used that network of roads to plant churches from this base in Ephesus. So that, that's what's happening there. But Ephesus itself was a hugely influential church. It was uh, notable, it was the most powerful church, uh, the most notable church at that time. It was the biggest church. Uh, and it was kind of the mega church of its day. So we're, we're looking at the mega church uh, of the day, probably this is about 40 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And, and this is kind of the first mega church that's around And, and that's what we're looking at. And, and it had done all these fantastic things, these brilliant things, and yet it had lost its first love. And uh, last week we looked at how this church itself was born in a move of God. Um, then that move of God took place not in a place that was easy, but probably just about the hardest place in the world. Because this place was dominated by one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple of Artemis, or if you were Roman, the Temple of Diana. And this worship went on there all the time, uh, led by, uh, entirely by uh, women priests, and who were served by eunuchs. And it was a kind of a very perverse form of worship. And this dominated the economy and the culture of the whole region. And yet when we find, we look at this in the book of Acts, we, we, we see some the most amazing things in the light and in the shadow of all that, we see Paul doing uh, unusual miracles. You know, this is the place where, where his handkerchiefs were healing people. We see this the, the, the clash of authority between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of he- uh, the enemy, where, where the sons of Sceva tried to appropriate uh, authority over the demonic and, and get really embarrassed as a result of it. And yet, and, and also this was a place where magic and occult practices, they all thrived. Uh, and many of the people who've been involved in that magic, that occult practices, the worship of Diama, they came to believe, they came to believe in Jesus Christ, they turned to Christ, they, they, they were born again, And as a result of that, that radical change that took place in them, they brought all their books out of their houses, out of their libraries and everything, everything to do with the occult, everything to do with temple worship, dumped it in the town square and set fire to it. And it said that that, that in in the amount of of the time it was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. That is just a huge amount of money. I don't know how many books that was, but they must have been piled high. And in the background to all this, the economy, the local economy, got completely overturned. The silversmiths were in uproar, and there was a riot that resulted, And because there was no more demand for the idols that they were making. And this was all caused by the fiery love, the passion, the commitment that those Ephesian converts had. And now Jesus, 40 years later, is turning around and saying, what happened, guys? What what happened to that culture-changing, life-saving, delivering power and love that you were exhibiting at that time? What happened? That love that you had at first, what happened to it? I just want to try and give you a little bit more background so we can uh, understand just a little bit more of what Jesus is saying here uh, through John. This, uh, I'm still in Revelation chapter two, but this, uh, this church in Ephesus, when Paul started this church, he did something unique here that had not been done in and wasn't done anywhere else he went to. Typically, Paul would go into a town, he'd get people saved, he'd, he'd, he'd disciple them, usually for around about three to four months And then he'd move on to the next one. So he didn't stay anywhere very long. He he trusted the Holy Spirit to continue the work that he'd started. But in Ephesus, he did something that was unique for him in that he stayed there almost three years and he set up a training school. He set up this training school for apostles and for disciples in a place called the Hall of Tyrannus. And and this training school... um, They produced apostles who planted all these churches that Jesus is writing to in Revelation, and a whole lot more. So it was from that place that all this happened. And in the decades following that, people came to Ephesus, and the reason they came to Ephesus was that if they could get approved there, if they could get the endorsement of the church there, then he opened up the rest of Asia to their ministry, and because people were coming who were genuine, and because people were coming who weren't genuine, uh, the 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 elders had put in safeguards so they could test the calling and filter out the phonies. And Jesus, in this this passage, here, he's saying, "Guys, you." You have done a great job at doing that. He's commending them that you've done a fantastic job at keeping out and recognizing these phonies. Now, those words where it says tested or tried them, that means intense examination by questioning. It's the same word as for kind of that you use for like the fiery testing of a metal to uh, separate out the good from the impurities, and. It's also a word that we use for refining something to the point where it will stand up to stress or pressure. It won't buckle under pressure, it won't buckle under criticism, it will stand for truth. So who were they testing? Well, they they were testing those who came and said they were apostles. So if if you imagine that in today's terms, somebody turns up at at one of our churches and says, hey, I've got the gift of being an apostle, or I've got the gift of being a, being a prophet, and so on. And they turn up and they proclaim their gifting, and what they were doing is that they were testing to see whether that was true, because these giftings are given by God. They're not natural attributes, they're supernatural attributes. And they were testing those who claimed, who proclaimed for themselves, or who asserted themselves, as apostles as prophets as teachers as pastors and so on and these people were coming and seeking the endorsement of that church and, and one of the reasons that the, the the phonies were coming is so that they could then go on with that endorsement and manipulate people make money and build a ministry for themselves so that so that they they, they attracted a following for themselves and what this, this passage says is that some of those who came were liars. Some of those who came were bogus pretenders. And in verse 3, he says, You have endured and have been patient, and for my name's sake have laboured and not grown wibbing. Uh, that word endured, some of your translations will say hast born, if you've got one of the old translations, good old King James version, Versioners, or persevered. Now, what that means is you've continually borne the responsibility that was given to you to test these things, and you haven't abdicated it. And Jesus is commending them for that. And then we have this this other word, being patient. Patient, translation of a Greek word, we've talked about this before, I think. uh, And what it means is that in this context, that they continually carried out the responsibility of doing that refusing to bend and refusing to throw in the towel even when it looked like it might not turn out for their advantage so so that's what what's going on here that's the background to to what Jesus is saying and what happened is that in fighting these these battles with all these these uh, people who who were uh, bringing the truth who were, were bogus who were fake who were claiming to be coming in Jesus' name, but weren't, in fighting that battle and carrying out that burden uh, and, and the pressure of having to deal with that and, 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 and weed it out and and make sure it didn't come into the church, what happened is that their hearts had lost sight of the most important thing. They'd lost their first love. They'd, they'd lost that excitement they had at first. They'd lost that joy. They'd, they, they had great hopes, they had great passion, they had great excitement, and, and somewhere along the line, dealing with this day in, day out, month after month, year after year, they'd lost that excitement. And, the, and they would get, the, the idea here is that they were completely drained by this. You see, what had been happening is that they'd been training themselves so diligently in searching out negatives, that they had forgotten to cultivate the good, positive, joyful things. You know, when you focus on the negative all the time, it it, it forces out and causes you to lose sight of the good, positive, joyful, uh, exciting, passionate things that you've previously been, been, um, I guess, up for. Energized by, given life by. So, and Jesus is saying, this is this is what's happened to you guys. You you you've done a really good job of dealing with the negatives, but you've in doing that you've become negative yourself. In dealing with what's wrong with the church, you've you've forgotten what's right with the church and what's right with your relationship with me and what's what what's the really important thing for here, which is that you have that love and that excitement that was born in you at first. And so when we're in that situation, what do we do? What, do? what do we do when that's happened to us? What you know, When you're in a new, exciting church like we were 13 years ago, 13 plus years ago, and, and you've got that excitement, that passion. Somebody was asking me, who uh, was around right at the start of the church about this this week. When you've got excitement, that passion, that, that purpose, that mission that you're going on, but basically, dealing with a lot of stuff over the years, you get ground out and you get drained. So how does that turn around? And we, you know, we've been talking about this for, for all of this year, really, in terms of uh, living radically for Christ, uh, returning to our first love, putting Jesus at the centre of our life, uh, what to do about to, to stir up the flames, to rekindle flames when the world's trying to part your fire, and now we're on this series on first love. And uh, because we're doing that, because we believe it's an important word for, for our church and for the body as a whole that we do this. So how do you remedy this situation when you've got yourself in this situation and when that's happened to you? When you realise that that's the case. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking at the remedies. How, how are we going to put this right? How do we as individuals have a personal revival? How do we as a body have a corporate revival? How do we, we, we turn from where we are to, to the, 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 the passionate, fiery excitement of following Christ that affects the world around us and brings about revival that this land so desperately needs? How does that happen? Well, the first thing, the first remedy number one, if you will, is this. To recover love, you have to seek to grow in love. To recover love, you have to seek to grow in love. You see, the the truth is that when, in the natural, when we fall in love, you don't just fall in love and that's it. You know, I I didn't just fall in love with Gerald uh, 40 years ago, our first date, more or less, uh, and that was it. You actually need to go on from there and the goal isn't just to fall in love. The goal is to grow in love. For it to become deeper and stronger and fuller. And uh, right at the outset of, of Faith Life, we, we, were, we were given a core verse. And we still talk about it. It's the thing that anybody who's ever been part of Faith Life remembers. That rooted and grounded in love. So I'm going to go and look at that now. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, we're going to look at verses 17 to 19. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. You see, the idea here is that we don't just start with that first love. And that first love, that excitement, that that passion uh, that we had at first, that doesn't sustain us. Because we need to go on and build upon that. Uh, and if we don't build upon depth of relationship upon that first love, then eventually the first love will fade and perish. It's not a static situation. First love gives us the impulse, it gives us the excitement, it gives us the, the uh, passion, it gives us the thrust, it gives us the drive, but it's meant to grow, and when it doesn't grow, or when we just say, well, you know, we're living off the back of that, or it's staying static, then it fades then it declines and here's the truth to grow in love you have to focus on love to grow in love you have to focus on love you have to I, I don't know this is kind of a difficult word for it sometimes because of the church world we live in but you have to work at loving you you have to give time to doing loving things and and letting The Holy Spirit work on your heart to produce his love in your heart. And that means we have to expend energy in really getting to know somebody. You know, if I hadn't expended energy, worked at uh, things in my relationship with Cheryl, uh, put time into my relationship with Cheryl, it wouldn't have lasted the 40 years that it has, and it won't last the rest of our lives, which it's going to. And so the point I'm making is that in order to... Uh, rekindle or even uh, grow from where we we are that we're going to have to fight and stand for this aspect of our faith that we have to grow in love and that means that we're going to have to remember that in times of anger we're going to have to remember that when offence rises up in us, no matter how justified. We're going to have to remember that when the enemy comes and stirs strife. We're going to have to remember that when we find our hearts set in unforgiveness. We're going to have to remember that when we find bitterness in ourselves. We're going to have to remember that at all the points we don't want to remember it in our feelings. Because... If we don't grow in love, we'll lose our love. And Paul prays for this church in Ephesians. Let let me just read the the verses to you. Uh, Starting at verse 17, Ephesians chapter 3, 17. Now, remember, this is Paul's prayer, I guess about 30 years earlier than this letter is being written by Jesus to the church. And Paul says, basically what he's saying is, this is what you've got to do if you're going to succeed as a church. And this is what they failed at. So it's important that we, we go back and say, what were we supposed to do? What, how was this meant to work because we have screwed it up? And that, that's kind of what's happening here. Jesus is saying you screwed up the one thing that Paul told you to put right at the centre of the church. You lost sight of it. You lost sight of the most important thing I told you to do in this church, which was to be rooted and grounded in love. So let's go to verse 17 and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's kind of heavy that Bible. So let's just have a, a think about some of the words that I this these verses are so ingrained in me that, that they're kind of right in front of my sight right now you know I, they, they, they are what God has called us to they are what God has called Cheryl and I to carry written on our hearts and when it says uh, that it may dwell may dwell that 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 word there is a it's a Greek word and I can't, I can't pronounce it, but I think it's pronounced katakeo. Now, what does that mean? Well, because our English doesn't necessarily directly respond to, to the Greek, and we and because the meaning of words change over time in our language, we can make that word dwell something quite small. We can just skim over it, rush past it, and think, well, you know, yeah, let Christ dwell in our hearts by love, you, you know. Uh, That word dwell means to settle down as a permanent home. It's it's the word that you use when you move into a house, that you occupy a house, you fill the house with all your possessions, and the house becomes a home. And and the tense it's written in, which is, uh, what is it? The Aorist tense, what that means is that, so Christ... Let me, let me translate it by... So Christ may finally settle and feel completely at home in your heart. He, he moves into the house, but then the house becomes his home. And, uh, and a literal translation of that word dwell there, it would be to settle down in one's soul and occupy it. Now, this is where people kind of get a, a bit stuck there, because they, they go, well, I've already got Christ, he lives in me, so how can... How can Paul be praying this? Did he not know that? Well, yeah, he knew that because he's the one that wrote the letters that told you that. So he knows that Christ, through his spirit, becomes one with your spirit and he indwells your believer, uh, each believer, at the point of new birth. Unbelievers don't have this. That's why the world can't understand what we're about. It, has, it gets totally confused when people start walking by faith. It just can't comprehend it, can't get its head around it, because it doesn't have the spirit of Christ that only comes through new birth. It's not Unbelievers can't do this. But we have the spirit of Christ It's one with our spirit uh, from the moment we're born again. So how can Paul pray that, 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 that this might dwell in our hearts, Christ might dwell in our hearts? Isn't he already there? What he's saying is this, that his desire is that, 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 that Jesus, through the Spirit, might exert an increasing and progressively more powerful influence in our lives. That he, 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 he doesn't just move into the house and put, put some of his stuff there, but he fills the house and the house becomes his home. That, that Jesus becomes completely at home in our hearts. And that, that's, that's kind of deep, so you're probably going to have to go away and think about that afterwards. But, you know, often in the way we, we do church these days and the way Christianity is becoming the West, um, and, you know, I don't, I don't like talking about negative things, but if we're going to be revived, something actually needs to change. We can't say everything's great, everything's okay, and then cry out for revival. We actually have to say, actually, it's not all okay, and we need reviving, we need you to work on our hearts, God, we need you to change us. And... and and so often our church life has become this sort of idea where Jesus is kind of coming to the house, he's, he's crossed the threshold, he's come in, he's sat down in a corner of your house, and, and he stayed there. You know, he, he's kind of like a house guest, rather than being the rightful owner of the house. And and we've been kind of doing church for a while now in, in the West, where Jesus has been like a house guest, that we want to turn up, but we've struggled to acknowledge that he's the rightful owner of the house. He's not meant to be at the periphery of our life as believers. He's not meant to be kind of an accessory. He's not, he's not there just kind of, this is what I want to do in my life, God, please bless it. He's not meant to be on the periphery. He's meant to be the center of the life because he's the rightful owner of the life. And that, that's, that kind of sounds hard now, but 20 years ago, people wouldn't have thought that was hard. They would have thought that was the normal gospel. But because we got conditioned subtly and slowly, they kind of gone. Oh well, you know that that's a. So let's have a look at what what we're talking about. This this word heart. Heart. What what does he mean? He means the very core of your being, not just feelings and emotions, but intimacy, understanding. Letting Christ's heart be your heart and your heart be His heart. That that inter intertwining where you seek to understand and seek to care and seek to to be of one heart. The same thing that Cheryl and I do uh, and have done in our relationship, which is why we're still around stronger than ever after 40 years. And and how does that happen? That happens, for, for a believer in terms of their relationship with Jesus, by faith. As we begin our first love by faith, so we can continue to grow in love by faith faith is actually the only way you can know the unknowable faith is the only way you can see the unseeable faith is the only way that we can receive and experience god's grace and god's presence and that word faith there that's a a greek word pistis and, and it means this it means not just kind of yeah, I acknowledge that's right in my head. Yeah, I've, I've got that. I've got that. I learnt that in, in Disciple Class 101. It was point number three on that piece of paper. There it is, done. That It's not that sort of thing. The word peace is that translated faith. That it means that you are convicted that this is the only way, this is the way, this is the truth, and you're going to base your life on it. And, and what it's asking us to do is to surrender to that truth and conduct our lives emanating from that place of surrender. See, faith doesn't just mean to acknowledge something. It's not even to go, well I've reasoned it out and that's true. It's actually, this word is the idea of bowing before Jesus. It means to be so overwhelmed, so persuaded that you are brought to your knees in worship of the one who fills your vision. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? And so, you know, Christ is at home, and he tells us this himself, I'm at home in the heart, not just I've moved into the house. Moving into the house is what saves you. Letting him dwell and fill the house and, and take possession of that house is what transforms you. Moving into the house is what saves you. The rest of it transforms you. This is where intimacy with God comes from. This is where relationship comes from. This is where that undivided love of God comes from. And Jesus said, when, I, when we get to that point, when we're pursuing that sort of place, I'm going to manifest myself. I'm going to show myself in all the glory to the person who's after me like that and to the church that's after me like that. And, and we make him... Uh, he is at home in the life of a person who loves him, who is devoted to him, who surrenders uh, to his will. And, you see, Christ is at home in the believer's heart when the believer's heart's desire is to make Christ feel at home. And, And that's what, when we're in that place, we're going to experience the indwelling power of Christ. We're going to experience the indwelling glory of Christ. We're going to experience the indwelling life of Christ. And, and we're going to experience a manifestation of power that we have not currently and previously ever experienced. And we make him feel at home by means of that, that, that faith. You see, if I'm not trusting God with my life, if I'm not trusting God with my problems, if I'm not trusting God with my, to sort out my sinful issues, if I'm not trusting him in all those things, if I'm not surrendering to him, then he's not going to feel at home. He's going to be the house guest in the church who's in the corner and turns up just when we'd like him to turn up. But the rest of the time, we ignore him. So let's come to these really key words, rooted. Now, that's a word from agriculture, isn't it? So it's a word from agriculture, The word rooted, uh, it means to be firmly fixed. It means to tap into a source of strength and life, to draw on and draw in the flow of life to draw on and draw in the flow of life. Like roots going down into the ground, they go searching for the water that, and, and the nutrients that gives them life and, it, and it's that picture that that's how we're meant to uh, live our life and relate to God, that, that we're meant to draw on and draw in that flow of life that, that comes from life, the life-giving elements of God. And, and to do that, we're gonna to have to sink our roots deeper into the soil. If we're going to grow strong and stable, we're going to have to sink deep. The roots are going to have to search out those nutrients. They, they're going to have to grow up to find new depths of life and love. And it's this thing, you know, you don't just have a little root. You don't just have your first love. You need strong roots because that love, you've worked on growing it. You, you, you've dev- devoted time to it. You've seen it as important. You've seen it as valuable. Do not let offence and bitterness and strife and anger and all the world's problems and all the world's hassles and all the world's issues and all your issues get in the way of that desire to go deeper in love with God? You see, the Christian life is a life of growing relationship with Jesus and a life of growing relationship with others. And God's love is the soil which gives that life. And so for God's life to to flow to me, and for God's power to flow through me, there has to be that faith that surrenders to him and invites him to fill the house. And then we come to this this second word, grounded. What does grounded mean? Well, that's, that's a word from construction. And it means foundational. It means putting down foundation. It means having a solid base basing on something secure and stable that does not move with that which is moving around it. You see, it wouldn't be any good in the middle of a storm if all the foundations got blown about by the storm, would it? And, And what it said is God's love for you is not moved by the winds, by the floods of life. God's love for you is a constant. It doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't go all over the place. It's not not wavering according to the problems of your life, the issues of your life. It's something strong, something stable you can root in. And that's where you have to build. That's where you have to attach. And if you're going to build higher and wider and stronger in this life, if you're going to build a, a, a faith and a love and a passion that is affecting the world around you, like this first church in Ephesus did, then... Then you're going to have to build strong and upwards. You're going to have to build strong and higher. You're going to have to build strong and wider. And we build strong, higher, wider because our love gets bigger. Because our love gets bigger. In order not to lose our first love, we have to make growing in love our goal. For love to be rooted and grounded in this way... We have to work at it. We have to put some effort into it. We have to put some time into it. We have to get past our feelings. We have to get past our flesh. We have to get past all our, our own things that are going there. Face them up to God. Say, God, this, this, this is a mess in me. I need you to help me change this because this is messing this up. And God, I just want to come after you and I want to I know your love. I want to grow in your love and I want to show that love to others. I want to show that love to others. You see, we might not always feel like loving in that way, but love is not solely a feeling. Love, this type of love, is a determination to act, act in a way that pleases God and loves others. It's a determination to listen. And a determination to understand the hearts of others. It's a determination to listen and to a determination to understand the heart of God. And when we talk about loving others, we're talking about understanding and listening and, and trying to show the love of God to them when their failings are so obvious and when their strengths are so obvious. To show them the love of God. You see, I kind of want to finish with this point but you know if we to love like Jesus has asked us to do but more importantly if we're going to let Jesus move into the house and be comfortable in our hearts then we're going to have to be rooted and grounded in his love and you know some people will think, "Well, what's how, how's this tied?" Well, I'm going to mention another word because I've already said this word. You're going to have to work at it. But actually, we should desire holiness. We should be desire purity. We should desire the beauty of God. We should we should look at Jesus and see His beauty, see His perfection, see His life, see see glory streaming from Him, see His holiness. And we should desire it for ourselves why because that's our dna that's the holy spirit living with us and he's desiring he's yearning jealousy jealously that we see that and we desire it for ourselves because the holy spirit is there to shape us and to to heal us and to set us free and to to help us grow and we and we can get all sorts of mixed up with this because we then go from holiness to a set of rules holiness to some religious traditions holiness to performance and I'm not good enough and all that sort of stuff that's out there. But here's here's a better way to understand what it means to be holy. You see, Paul told the the, the believers, it's Romans chapter 13 and he's haven't got time to go for it, but Paul told the Roman believers um, that when you're the the, the law has ended for unbelievers but we're now under grace but he also said this when you love you fulfill the whole of the law so the laws ended we're under grace but when you love you fulfill the whole of law so what what's he saying well he's saying something really important you see love as jesus is expressing it this first love this growing in love that we've been called to that that remedy number one that we're talking about that to recover love we've got to grow in love that that thing that takes us way beyond anything that's law you see i've talked to quite a bit this morning about sheryl and i i don't avoid committing adultery because there's a rule in the bible that says i don't commit adultery i don't commit adultery or, or, or go after other women or whatever because my love for Shavel is so much bigger than that. I don't steal because my love for people is so much bigger than that. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't do horrible things. I don't lie because my love for others is so much bigger than that. You see, love is bigger, it takes you to places that rules and religion and everything else can never take you. It's way, way beyond the law. So that when we major on the major, when we major on being rooted and grounded in love, we go beyond all that stuff. We go beyond all that churchianity, religiosity, laws, rules, don't do's, do's, all the rest of it. And we move into a different place and that place is called the power of the gospel. And the power of the gospel comes because of the love that the Holy Spirit puts in our hearts. And, and what I'm saying is this first remedy, we're going to look at some more in, in, in next week. But the first thing to do is we have to seek to grow in love. And where we've let that go, we've got to go back we've got to grow in love again. And we won't feel like it. We maybe don't want to do it. We've maybe got all sorts of issues that we need to deal with. And I'm asking you to let God deal with those issues. I'm asking you to let go up front and let him deal with those issues. So to major on the major, to be rooted on grounded in love, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be sought. It's got to be persevered with. And you're going to have to go beyond your feelings so that love becomes a reality in your heart. You know, I'm I'm conscious as, as I'm here that, you know, some of you might not have heard this before. Some of you don't know Jesus. You don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart. You've never made that commitment. And some of you have made that commitment, but you've drifted away. Some of you listening to this this week, maybe you, you, were, you were once in church, maybe you once knew Jesus, maybe you were once excited about him, but you've just drifted away. And there's, there's, there's still others amongst us who had that first excitement, that first passion, but all the stuff that's gone on, all the stuff that's happened to you, all the stuff that's happened to you in church and in relationships, and all these, all these things that, that have caused offence or pain or unforgiveness in your heart, they've just all got in the way. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you're in any of those categories, whether you've never known Jesus, whether you've known him and drifted away, or just this issue, all these things have got in the way of that first love. So I ask you to pray with me. Father, I come before you now. I acknowledge all that wrong that is in me, that, that has come about, in my heart. I ask you to forgive me of it. I ask you to give me new birth. I ask you to rekindle my first love. I ask you to redirect me and set me on that path of growing in love. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. So that I might have newness of life. Depth of love for you. Rooted and grounded in your love. And showing that love to others. Amen. 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 got herself all comfortable there.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm meditating on that. Um, in, uh, Mark has really said such a lot there about the love of God, and I don't really have an awful lot to add, but what I I did want to just bring was I realised that when I was reading um, from 1 John 4, my glasses were steaming up. That's never happened before. uh, It's really hot in here, and my glasses were steamed, and I have a lot of footnotes underneath um, my verse, and I completely missed the last verse. And so just as we listen to what Mark has said about the love and the love of God, uh, being in our heart and um, the first commandment is that Jesus told us uh, above all else love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and to love each other as ourselves we have to love others as we lo- love each other ourselves that's so important so so the the um, the, the verse that I missed was verse 20 which says anyone can say, i love god yet have hatred towards another believer this makes him a phony because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see how can you truly love god whom you can't see for he has given us this command whoever loves god must also demonstrate love to his brother and if we feel that we can't do that, we ask the Holy Spirit, we ask the Holy Spirit to pour in the love of God and to take out that hatred towards brothers and sisters. But as Mark was saying, as the love of God grows on the inside of us, as we come up higher from um, just doing it from a rule base, we will be able to walk in that pure love that doesn't even hate his brother or sister. It just doesn't come into our hearts because all that comes out is love. And that is what Jesus carried. That is who God is. That is the essence of love, that we just love, walk in love, not um, entering, entering into all that other stuff, but just being full of love. So, Father, I just ask now that you will help us to receive your word, we want to be children full of your love. We don't want to just have you sat in the corner of the room. We want to you to be completely. Um, uh, we want to be completely possessed by your love. That as we walk, we walk in love. That it's not just that feeling love, but it's that agape love that's love that serves that loves that denies ourselves, that love that listens, that love that shows by all that we do. So Holy Spirit, enable us. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that we can do this because you are in us. That if you ask us to love like you, it is possible. And so we wanna come up into that high place The centre of all that you do is love. And without love, everything else is a a clashing gong and symbol. But with love, everything makes sense. And we will draw people to you because they will see your love in us. So Father, help us to receive this word this morning, to receive your word to us. And I ask that as we go from this place, we will carry your love to all that we need. That we will carry your favour, your blessing. And I ask right now that your face will shine on us. And I thank you that as we go out and as we come in, your presence is with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So have a wonderful week, Life family. Uh, We've got some music coming now. Just uh, take a moment, just rest in that music. Connect with each other in the week. Uh, We love you. We're here for you. And we look forward to that day where we can physically meet together. uh, All together, not just uh, six of us. So be blessed, faith life, and we will see you here next week.